This is Hank Bordowitz, and you're listening to episode 11 of Noise of the World. Peter Townsend invented the internet. It's been a while since I've done this. I apologize to fans. It's not good to be inconsistent, but it's been a busy time. And part of it has to do with the COVID lockdown. You'd think I'd get more work done there, but teaching online took a lot out of me. And then I had other projects going on, but I had to do this one. And in fact, the COVID lockdown has something to do with it because I was thinking of these things that Pete Townsend had said about the internet and entertainment 20 years ago when I was the head editorial content for mcy.com and Pete did his Lifehouse live concert with us. And a lot of people are doing live concerts on the internet now and that's about the only way you can get live music these days unless you make it yourself so the idea of these home concerts being broadcast on the internet sounded so much like what pete townsend had said during this interview i kept thinking about it and so i figured i had to turn it into a podcast this uh podcast was done during the mcy days and one of the few that I was not totally involved with, but I was the director of editorial content, so it was my responsibility to edit it and all that good stuff. There are two parts to this tape, and unfortunately, the other part of it is a live press conference, which has really terrible audio quality, whereas the thing done in the studio has terrific audio quality, so I suck with that. One of the people Townsend gives credit for his ideas about the universal experience grid, which is what he called it, was Roy Ascott, who was a professor of his when he went to art school, and he taught about cybernetics and things of that nature. And this is in the early 1960s, so he was way ahead of his time when he did that. And it was made a big impression on Pete Townsend when he was in his late teens at art school. So without hesitating any further, here is Pete Townsend, invented the internet it's not quite as easy to make predictions now you know and i don't think i did make predictions i didn't make predictions i wrote a fictional story the one thing that i did predict which really went down very very badly in 1985 just before the internet became established uh I did a, a lecture at the Royal College of Arts, it's the only one I've ever done. I did well, a couple of art schools in the late 60s and early 70s, and um, at one of those, Brian Eno attended and, and was inspired by to become a musician. And, uh, and, I, and, and at this particular lecture in 85, I talked about, um, it may have been later than that, actually. may have been later than that. It may have been in the, the late, 80s, early 90s, um, that uh, music would be sold on, you know, down the telephone, and um, and the audience got up and walked out. They all got up and walked out, and the couple that remained remained only to heckle to say, "Listen, why would anybody?" You know, I suddenly realised we're dealing with all these people that saw a future for themselves, living off album covers and CD covers, and they were terrified that they were never going to be required to do art again. And I tried to explain that, you know, that you would, there would be, you know, a really rich playground for people on, in, in, on the internet, uh, you know, who were artists and graphic artists. But, but uh, 
that's the last prediction that I made, and that, of course, has happened. And um, and and I now see the internet as being. Um, there was an article in the paper today. Somebody was bemoaning the the collapse of the library system for books. You know, the internet is our library. That's our library. You know, it's our library, and each one of us can have our library on the internet. We don't have to own the books we don't have to hold the books we just have the right to access and uh, that act of librarianship is a great responsibility and that's the future is that academics that we trust can uh, coagulate stuff into groups but also we can get what we want when we want it and we can have established pathways to it and uh, when you want knowledge um, you go to libraries when you want specialized knowledge you become a student and you go to a professor. And a professor at a university, as anybody that's done a degree will tell you, is just somebody who knows where the books are. That's it. That's what a professor is. Just says, you need to go to this library and get this book. You know, or go and look in that library and see what you can find. I mean, my daughter found some stuff in some files that, about Darwin propagating plants you know he was known for his studies of evolution but what a lot of people didn't know is that he was very into plant propagation which is kind of, and nobody had read it nobody had even opened the file so she did her dissertation on that you know and it's about that kind of thing that there's always stuff out there which nobody will find there's treasure and so librarianship is something and for a musician the idea that somebody can get at my music you know, can have my music without actually having, you know, they can happen upon it, discover it by accident. That's a good feeling, you know. I think, yeah, the, 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 the internet is definitely a friend to the music industry. Uh, in so many different ways. I think um, to established artists like me, um, the burgeoning, growing new internet companies need people like me to focus their activities on. Um, for new artists, it's a direct line to the general mass of the population. So, um, you know, it means that they can get some early response to their finished work. Remember that what we did was we did pub gigs and club gigs and things like that. Now what that meant was is that we were able to get a response to our work in progress. You know, we would play songs by John Lee Hooker or The Beatles or Cliff Richard or whatever and uh, people would come up and say that's good, that's good, that isn't. So for young bands, of course it's a friend. It's a place where you can, you know, for a relatively small amount of income uh, a small amount of expenditure generate an income you know you can start to, and certainly if you don't generate an income you can generate a response you know I, what what bothers me about the internet is the rapidity of change now what that means is that there's like in the early days of pop it changed so quickly that nobody could teach anybody anything you know if I said no the way you want to do it um, Liam or Noel, is like this, they kind of go, nah, it's all different today, you know. Well, that's what I said, you know, when people like, you know, 
I don't know, like my dad, who was a working musician, or, or, or even, you know, one of the shadows, or Akabilk, or people that I used to go and see, you know, what you need to do. I was like, oh, you don't know. It's all different today. So that speed of change means that there's no academy. There's no process. There's nobody can teach anybody anything. Because, you know, we know it all. Each one of us knows it all. It's all there to be known. Since the turn of the millennium and since the growth of the internet, the one bit of the concept which people have grasped better is the idea of a virtual reality internet-based grid through which we experience all our entertainment. And the idea, perhaps, that our entertainment through such a medium might be have huge impact. And... In other words, there's maybe, maybe certainly no less impact than if we go to the movies or if we read a great novel or hear a great record, but possibly maybe even bigger impact because of the fact that it is so private and, and the fact that it can be tailored so precisely to an individual's needs. They can get it when they want it, how they want it. Pretty soon what we'll be getting down those twisted wires will be all kinds of extraordinary things. And it's coming soon. And that's all the Lifehouse was about. This is an idea that I had in 1971, that I could do a concert in a building of these songs, put them out on a grid somewhere, and, uh, you know, a communications grid, a network, and, uh, and people will be able to take part. Then what would happen then? You know, well, what will happen then? We don't know. And I know people have done this before, but because this idea sprang from this place, I think it closes a circle. And um, as soon as you close a circle, you know, draw a line and, you know, the Lifehouse symbol, in a sense, you know, a circle with a line, you, you open a door, you know, it's like a key. and We'll see what happens. I'm really excited about it. And, uh, so I think people are getting that bit of it. What they still don't get is the simplicity of the original hope which I had, which was that people would, would look at the world around them uh, and not so much to scare themselves with the idea that, you know, that there's pollution everywhere and, and uh, problems ahead, but that there is hope if we are aware of what's going on. And if we do that ostrich thing of saying somebody somewhere will fill the, hot, the ozone layer in, somebody somewhere will deal with all the radio radioactive waste, somebody somewhere will clean up the air, I don't have to do anything. If we keep doing that, then we've got problems. Hi, this is Hank Bordowitz again. Thank you for listening to Noise of the World. This has been episode 11. Peter Townsend invented the internet. Noise of the World is a production of the Mortowitz Media Works, copyright 2020, all rights reserved. Thank you for listening.